What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to a supersonic special bonus episode of Vanish in the Valley. Last week, I was trying to, I guess, tell you guys about a Soviet classified document I was sent that was actually translated to English. And in the document, it basically just uh, is a report on what the Soviets found out about the German think tank and Anarabi. And what they had found out by, I guess, researching ancient Tibetan documents, ancient Egyptian documents, their translations of these documents. And it kind of just summarized the beginning of Earth billions of years ago, and it has a timeline all the way up to the 21st century. So last week, I was explaining the Lemurians, and I ended on the Atlantean civilization. So... Today, we are going to bring it from Atlantis all the way up to today. I'm also going to explain to you the importance of the pyramids, who built them, and what was the original point, and why we're completely fucked now that they are kind of destroyed. So, sit back and get ready for this. So, before we get up to the pyramids part, I need to bring you up to date with the civilizations that actually existed before the pyramids and up to the creation of the pyramids. So... The civilizations I'm about to talk about all descend from Atlanteans. So now we're moving on to the Toltecs, which were replaced by the Akkadians. They were representatives of the white race, who reigned on Earth about 600,000 years ago. Now this next part, I'm about to use the word Semites, and before some stupid motherfucker starts saying, Oh my god, she's a Nazi, she fucking hates Jews, shut the fuck up, half my best friends are Jewish. And when I say the word Semites, it's just referring to a group of people that spoke a specific language and descended from some biblical dude. And that is a definition that was created in the 1700s by German historian Ludwig Schulzer. So, get that fucking stupid anti-Semite shit out of your head because we're about to talk shit about some Semites. <laughs> so included in the Toltecs and the Akkadian civilization were a group of people called Semites. They were distinguished by belligerence, energy, and excellent health. Most of them became nomads. The distinctive features of this subrace were quarrelsome with neighbors, vindictiveness, and suspicion. Their descendants were the Jews, the censors of North Africa, the Kabul Canes, the Kabul Nains of Northern Hindustan, and finally the last subrace of the Atlanteans are the Mongols, who descended from the Turanians and settled in the steppes of eastern Siberia. They were also nomads and farmers. So check this out. 450,000 years ago is when the quote-unquote gods from the Iron Planet arrived on Earth. After the death of Atlantis, the gods from Venus, as it follows from the text of the Ananarbi Almanacs, German scientists had at their disposal the original of the legendary manuscript of the Listic Kings, compiled by the Egyptian philosopher and historian of antiquity, Menetho, on the instructions of the Egyptian pharaoh Ptolemy of Philadelphia in 270 AD. There were four copies of the manuscript in total. Two were destroyed by Muslims at the Library of Alexandria, and the two remaining copies were kept in secret libraries of the Vatican and in Tibet. In 1938, one of the copies of this manuscript was given to Ernst Schaefer in Tibet in Lhasa in, at the Putala Palace by the dying Dalai Lama. So according to the List of Kings, 450,000 years BC, from the Iron Planet, 
And I don't know if you guys have figured this out, but when I'm saying Iron Planet, it's the same planet as Neribu and Planet X. This is all the same thing, just different names for different times. The god Amon arrived with his sons Anu and Niki, who founded the Erdic Kingdom in the Syrian desert in order to extract gold necessary for the dying atmosphere of their dying planet. The Anu and Niki subsequently founded on Earth the civilization of the invaders. And yeah, it's a, uh, you can say Anu-Iniki, you can call it Petri, or most commonly called the Anunnaki. And they enslaved humanity and created colonies of people in the Syrian desert. According to German scientists, the Anunnaki actually conducted experiments on humans. Several industrial centers were created on Earth just to process gold, which the gods delivered in the form of transmuted powder to their planet. The gods and their warriors took the powder for food, thus prolonging their life on Earth. The powder was also allowed to be eaten by people who served the gods, and supposedly it got rid of serious and incurable diseases. The almanacs also mention a great war that people took part in between the gods 380,000 years BC. But the texts of the almanacs don't really actually go into detail about what caused the war, when it ended, who won, none of that. It just says there was a war. So they were moving up to 199,000 year BC. Around the asteroid ring passes the Iron Planet. And since the Iron Planet actually only passes Earth, you know, once every X amount of thousands of years, when it did come back again on the Earth facing it from the Pacific Ocean, due to the force of reverse gravity and anti-gravity, Armageddon occurred. As a result, water is displaced to the continents. The electromagnetic and geographical poles on the Earth were shifting. The first ice age is coming. But check this out. The gods from the Iron Planet knew this was about to happen. And they decided to save part of humanity. And they chose the number of 14,400 people to repopulate the Earth after the warming. So 100,000 years BC, the Anunnaki and their soldiers marry earthly women and develop a race of demigods on earth to control people. The Bible even speaks of this, but they're saying it was fallen angels that slept with the daughters of men. The same events are described in Genesis chapter 6.2. When people began to multiply on earth and daughters were born to men, then the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they were beautiful and took them to themselves as wives, whichever one they chose. I don't know about you, but that sounds a bit rapey to me. But anyway, let's move on. So now we're fast forwarding to 50,000 year BC. Aniki has passed the throne to people. Other gods are building new kingdoms in Mizir in Mesopotamia. 33,770 BC, and this is before the third flood. The god Ta is building a complex of pyramids all over the world in order to save the Earth during the coming Armageddon. They build a network of pyramids, which were erected on geothermally dangerous faults of the Earth's crust in order to avoid apocalyptic changes in the electromagnetic and geophysical poles of the Earth in the future. He also created a complex of pyramids on Mount Mother of Samar, and nearby Helopolis, the Great Pyramids of Giza, which was built 33,000 year BC. He also founded the Earth Shulam, which is present-day Jerusalem. Knowing about the approach of the Third Flood, the warring gods hatched a plan for the destruction of mankind. 
The god Anil required his brothers and sisters not to warn people about the impending danger, but Aniki breaks the oath and tells biblical Noah about it and instructs him on how to build an underwater ship. In the same way, the gods save humanity in other parts of the earth, defying Enil. So the gods had pointed out to people places where it was possible to survive the high tide, you know, in mountains, in caves, and various legends of people say America, Mexico, Brazil, Chile, and Europe. 386 BC, the flood waves cover Earth. The system of pyramids built all over the world, clearly oriented to the North Pole, does not allow the Earth to overturn its electromagnetic and geographical orbit. However, the water from the flood had destroyed cities and the civilizations of people. But as a result of the gods warning certain groups of people, more people survived than the gods had imagined. And at the time of the disaster, Anu and Aniki were watching the flood from orbit. As a result of the electromagnetic resonance caused by the actions of the built pyramids, there were no previous volcanic eruptions and fractures of titanic plates. So after this flood, the gods wanted to leave Earth and decided to turn over the kingdoms to humans. The gods gave people tools and seeds, so agriculture and animal husbandry began to develop all over Earth. According to German scientists, the gods who left our planet left an encrypted code in the form of a pictogram in the Nazca Desert, which displays a system of the Great Pyramids of Mirza. When the contour scheme of this pictogram is superimposed on the map pyramid field near Memphis, a grid is drawn with coordinates in places where excavations should be carried out. These excavations were planned by specialists in the Ananerbi in 1944. However, they were not carried out due to the complications of them getting their asses handed to them in World War II. According to the Ananerbi, the greatest secrets of the universe, artifacts, and weapons are hidden under these coordinates. According to German scientists who conducted these studies, the treasury hidden under the Giza pyramids can be opened several years before the upcoming next Armageddon. From the almanacs, it follows that the geographic north pole of the Earth shifted five times as a result of global cataclysms. 1.5 million years ago, due to a rearrangement of internal planetary circles of the solar system. From the death of Icarus, aka Neribu, aka Planet X. So, 850,000 years ago, due to the revolt and the War of the Atlanteans, and also as a result of the Three Great Floods, which occurred 200,000 years ago, 84,000 years ago, and 12,000 years ago, respectively. What I found very interesting is they had evidence that apparently the European monarchs and the Russian Romanovs decided to destroy any documents that predated the flood. The apparent reason for destroying all these documents was they wanted to avoid causing confusion in connection with the disappeared continents and islands, ancient names of cities and regions. Uh-huh, I'm sure that's exactly why they did it. They have done unique research on the works of medieval cartographer Gerald Mercator, who was an advisor to the Horde King of the Great Mongol Empire, Ivan the Terrible. So, Mercator is the historical founder of world cartography. The maps and names executed by him displayed in historical contours of the continents that disappeared as a result of the last flood. So basically, this cartographer had actually made maps, and these old maps reflected what the world looked like before the floods. 
And he was able to do that because he had access to these ancient documents before the European monarchs and Russian Tsars decided to destroy everything. These fucking monarchs and Tsars got a lot of nerve destroying old ass documents like that. Come the fuck on. Who do they think they are? They can just decide what people know and don't know. That shit is still going on right now, today. The Vatican hoards information as well as the British royal family. There are so many historical documents and educational documents these motherfuckers have that have not seen the light of day in hundreds of years. It's even claimed that in the summer of 1694, Patriarch Adrian of Moscow demanded from the Russian Tsar Peter the Great the first geographical maps published in Russia in Latin with the ancient names of cities, seas, and oceans. So around the same time, Adrian decided to dig up the underground Moscow Kremlin in search of Ivan's library. The patriarch knew what hidden secrets of interest to history and science were kept in this library. So, the research of the German scientist describes the natural characteristics of the events preceding the global cataclysms associated with the passage of Iron Planet into our solar system. And so this next part, they literally fucking explain extremely painfully go into detail about how how the Earth orbits, all the different orbits of the planets, and kind of just explain what happens when the Iron Planet is coming back our way, which happens once every 3,600 years. Approximately 100 years before the entry of the Iron Planet into the inner circle of the solar system, a gradual climate change and a decrease in oxygen levels occur on Earth which leads to a sharp weakening of the immunity of living beings. Insects and bees fall into long hibernation, as a result of which several crops will remain dustless. Once the iron planet reaches the boundaries of the inner circle of the solar system, people will observe electromagnetic anomalies in all parts of the world and the northern lights, accompanied by endless bursts of lightning without rain. The change in the electromagnetic background of the Earth will affect the internal psychological state of people. This will cause mass suicides and riots. People will suffer from insomnia and mental disorders. Electromagnetic storms and excessive radiation background will cause numerous deaths of people. There will be a sharp shortage of food. So as the iron planet moves towards the sun, earthquakes will begin on Earth, after which large amounts of meteorite precipitation will fall on Earth. The movement of tectonic plates will begin. People will seek refuge in high altitudes and caves. After the volcanic eruptions and earthquakes, one-third of terrestrial and marine fauna will be destroyed. When the Iron Planet reaches the asteroid ring, an asteroid will fall to Earth, as a result of which most of the fresh water sources will be destroyed. This will cause the death of another one-third of the population and wildlife. The fall of the second asteroid will cause the tectonic plates to rise and fall. And with this large area of land, the remaining one-third of people will die from disease caused by poisoning with sulfuric air and contaminated water. People will lose their hair and teeth. They'll be covered with ulcers and leprosy. Only after that water, the flood will wash away from the land, all the poisons on the face of the earth. Of the remaining people, only those who will be able to hide in high-altitude caves in the time will be saved, as well as some of the chosen ones, whom the gods who arrive from the Iron Planet will once again choose for the subsequent revival of humanity. So if we take into account the fact that the god 
Ta, for 30,000 years before the onset of the Third Flood, had organized and built the world systems of pyramids, which contributed to the retention of the Earth's axis within the Arctic Circle, preceding the geographical North Pole. The picture of the coming Armageddon will be much worse. As the system of pyramids destroyed and mankind is not ready for the onset of such effects. So the pyramids were a powerful, resonant receiving device of constantly incoming high-frequency energy from outer space, which, passing through them, was scattered over a wide range of ranges, exerting a powerful low-frequency effect on Earth's core. As a result, its rhythmically and stability were restored. The speed of the Earth's rotation slowed down, the intensity of the induction currents accumulated inside the Earth decreased. In the absence of this system, as a result of the constant impact of high-frequency short waves on Earth's atmosphere, the ionization of the atmosphere and tension increases in the electric field, which leads to a violation of the rhythm rotation of the core. The Earth gets an additional acceleration. The strength of exciting currents increases constantly, which leads to seismic and geotectonic activity. So according to the German scientists, the next Armageddon will be here between 2020 and 2030. So they're basically uh, saying we're kind of fucked now. We don't have these pyramids that have been absorbing any radiation from space. We have nothing to protect us and people are not prepared at all. So most likely, if this is all about to go down, the only people that are going to survive are people already way the fuck up in the mountains if they're super prepared, and these people the gods choose, the 4,400. And for some reason, that number keeps repeating itself. This is like a reoccurring theme in this story, 14,400. So that's how many people the gods save, and there were 14,400 years between the first and second Armageddon, which the first one occurred at 199,586 BC, the second occurred 84,386 BC, and so on. So basically they're saying every 14,400 years. So this next part I found super fucking interesting. So check this out. In 1938, one of the Dalai Lamas allowed one of the German scientists and the Ananarbi named Schaefer to photograph and take film of a granite slab located in the underground part of Potala Palace in Lhasa. They were given a scroll of the manuscript, which depicts dozens of circles of different sizes having a binary number system, in Tibetan and unknown Sanskrit. The circles, according to researchers, meant the locations of planets in the solar system 1.5 million years ago. The numbering is done in a peculiar code. The inner circle is numbered from left to right, from 1 to 9. The right side is numbered from the left to right from 10 to 17. The Tibetan numbers are a repeated sequence of unknown Sanskrit, which was present on the granite slab. The numbers meant the coordinates of the planets in an incomprehensible astronomical calculus. The coordinates were superimposed on a millimeter grid. If we measure six units by millimeters, like our five, it turns out that 12 centimeters on our millimeter grid are equal to 14.4 centimeters or 15 million kilometers. So then it goes on to explain the difference between our calculus and what they're calling the calculation of the gods. They're also saying that this type of math, the type of math we don't even use, is more precise than today's calculus. So if we go on the idea that Icarus slash the Iron Planet slash Nerubu slash Planet X 
was destroyed 1.5 million years ago, then we can assume that the drawing on the granite slab is more than 1.5 million years old because it's showing the solar system with Icarus still in it. Kind of crazy, right? In 1977, the American and Canadian scientists were studying microparticles contained elements and samples of ice taken from the depths of freezing in Greenland and in Antarctica, equal to the period of 12,000 year BC. The study found that 12,000 years BC in the land blazed an unprecedented fire that is characterized by content of residues of carbon dioxide in excess of the maximum rate, and it's 97 times higher. The presence of microparticles of volcanic ash from the fire, the sharp decline in the numbers of isotopes of oxygen in these sections. Canadian biologists have conducted similar studies on ice slices in Greenland and Antarctica and found similar results. So, it was found that approximately 75,000 years back on Earth, volcanoes erupted, which caused an ice age. This discovery fits into the Ananarabes research, and about these events, it occurred 77,000 years ago. So like I was saying earlier, the Ananarabes have predicted that the Earth is going to have another major catastrophe on an Armageddon level. So this document then starts to list different areas in the world that would be spared from the chaos and destruction of the upcoming events. They list the mountains of Kilimanjaro. We've got Kenya. We've got Magarito Peak in Uganda. There's areas in Congos. The Australian continent will be completely flooded. There's no prospect in saving any of the population of Australia. So, the global picture of flooding, according to the American experts, will be the following events. The waters of the Pacific Ocean on the right side will wash away the northern and southern continents. On the left side, Australia, Southeast Asia, Indochina, Japan. In Russia, flooding will occur more slowly due to large territory and the fact that mountains of the middle ridge of the Koryak and the Kolyma Highlands, as well as another mountain range. It says the British Isles will become submerged by 90%. Most of European areas will be flooded like this as well. They're basically kind of uh, predicting 80% of the world's population will die. Under such circumstances, the American government is concerned about the fact that after the alleged catastrophe, Russia and the Arab world will be in a better position to, I guess, mobilize their military potentials. The Russian document goes on to say that America has actually already known about this disaster that's coming up and have started preparing for it since the 1950s. They're saying special forces have been created where military engineers of the U.S. Army are engaged in the development of deep, high-altitude caves. They're saying the program was called Argon. Now, the rest of the document basically goes on to say that the foundations of the hypothesis set out in the Ananarbi materials can be confirmed by archaeological studies of scientists from different countries conducted by them over the last 150 years. The studies categorically refute Darwin's theory of the origin in man from monkeys and makes it sound absurd. So, what happens now in this book is they go on to list basically a bunch of archaeological evidence that doesn't fit, that's out of place. 
And if you want to hear about a lot of this, I actually did an episode completely unrelated to this, maybe two or three episodes ago, called Vanished and Forbidden Archaeology. And it was based upon a book called Forbidden Archaeology by Michael Cremo. And what he did was go through primary and secondary archaeological documents to try to find information about items that were found out of place and time. So a lot of the same information is listed in this Soviet document as the book I talked about a few episodes ago. Crazy thing is, is this classified document was prepared in the 80s, and that book I'm talking about didn't come out till the mid-90s. So I thought that was a very strange coinkydink. So like I said, it basically just goes on to start listing hundreds of different items found that don't fit with the Darwinian theory of evolution. There's pictures of some of these items as well as descriptions from the person that founded the archaeologist. So if you want to see these pictures or you want to see this quote-unquote classified Soviet document for yourself, you can send me an email at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com and I will happily send you the entire file. Now, I am not in any way saying these are 100% accurate historical documents. No fucking way. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying, though, is there's definitely grains of truth in this information. It just seems very convenient that all of... The human civilizations, religions, basically say this same thing just in a different kind of way to fit whatever time the religion was coming out. So take it all with a grain of salt if you want, or believe it all as a 100% fact. But I will tell you for sure, we are being lied to by the quote-unquote authorities about human evolution and our timeline. And I think a lot of it has to do with not wanting to disrupt this whole Abrahamic religious situation the world has going on. Because without religion, how are they going to get all that money and power? So I know this was a strange episode and very hard to understand at points. Trust me, I had to read this fucking Russian document like seven times to be able to then re-explain it in normal English. So I get it. It was a tough episode. So if you made it this far, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. We will be back Thursday with a brand new episode. But until then, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. Are you lost?